will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. <laughs> Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, bitch. Hopefully this is all working well. We've we've taken a little bit of a break from uh, from podcasting for a bit, so I'm trying to get myself back into the the mix of things. And I just am looking over here and make sure it looks like it's everything's good. So pardon the <laughs> pardon the rambling there. Uh, like I said, been a little bit rusty. Been out of practice. We took a took a little unexpected break. Um, uh what uh unexpected break here these past couple weeks uh leslie right yeah like three four weeks something like that yeah it was definitely <laughs> not intentional on my end uh hey you had no 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 no. let me let me rephrase that as i was about to say before you jumped in there you had legitimate reasons i didn't yeah. except that the other co-host of the show was really flaky with his scheduling so we had intended to do gaming streams we had intended to do uh, spider-man reviews uh you know we had a whole bunch of stuff planned and uh yeah he could not get his schedule right and so i'm always better when i when i'm with you guys so uh you know we just just didn't work out well these past couple weeks plus you had the you know the holidays you know we had uh christmas and new year's here so uh and plus work was a little bit hectic as well so we're back to it um we got some plans for 2022 before before we get into the review. Uh, not that we have a definite date started yet, but we do have the intent to make uh, a live stream of the podcast available once a week, uh, rotating out my co-host, since I'm the one who operates everything. You'll always see <laughs> my uh, unlovely face, um, but we'll be rotating out the co-host, uh, well... I say that now, but with Pat and his scheduling, who knows <laughs> what's going to happen. But we intend to do live streaming of, of uh, you know, the podcast talking about current event stuff, um, movies and shows and whatnot that's coming out that weekend. Current um, event movies and shows, not current events like politics. Well, no, no, no. At least not on the one with me. No. And uh, and if, heck, we get enough of that out of me in the gaming <laughs> streams. When Johnny asks me an innocent question about Matrix Resur uh, Resurrections and I go off on a tirade about the Wachowskis. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we don't want to do the politics stuff too much. But uh, that would be its own separate show if we get that. But, no, we just want to build up the audience and uh, – 
and make it more interactive where if you guys are listening and watching us live, you can interact within the chat. And uh, I think that would be a great way to uh, cultivate the podcast and, and make it grow. So uh, with that whole schmaz out of the way and also the whole uh, YouTube stuff of like, comment, share, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's just go ahead and get right into it because we're a little delayed on on getting this review out. Um, yeah. But we, I feel we, like that's mostly my fault. <laughs> well, yeah, you you didn't have any legitimate reasons whatsoever <laughs> uh, for for having a, a, a medical procedure scheduled pretty much <laughs> right on the finale date. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, a couple, a few weeks ago, I don't remember, but we said in the introduction or whatever we were, we were hoping that we could record something because I was feeling iffy and there was other stuff going on. So this whole thing of me being iffy is I've been having apparently gallbladder issues. So <laughs> I yeah. had my gallbladder removed right on December twenty third. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing serious, you know. Nothing. No, uh, you know, you bounce. My back gallbladder's from that. trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just glad everything went well. Um, yeah. You know, I know that that was uh, uh, not a great period of time for you, but I know it was very stressful and 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 such. But uh, we're just glad everything worked out and you're doing well and on the rebound and get to go back to work on uh, Monday. So <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> well, trust me, I don't either. Um, but yeah, so you know, we we did take a little bit of a break. Uh, I'm sure everyone else has covered the finale and, and uh, episode five of Hawkeye ad nauseum, especially in conjunction with Spider-Man. Uh, we'll have yeah. a separate Spider-Man review video coming out at some point. Um, and the one reason why that was delayed was we really didn't want to spoil it for anyone, uh, especially getting to stay away from spoilers myself. It was really nice to go into that uh, film clean and not have anything ruined for me. Now at this point, think everyone and their brother on Facebook, on Twitter, has probably ruined the film for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. So I think we'll I be know. pretty safe to do a spoiler review at that point. The biggest spoiler thing for me is YouTube, the thumbnails that mm -hmm. people use, because I'm very good about being able to stay away from any other spoilers kind of out on the internet or not having things like pop up in my Facebook right. feed. But when I go on YouTube and I'm just kind of scrolling through videos... I mean, I can't not see the thumbnail that you chose for your video. So a lot of that was was like, oh, scroll, oh, scroll past <laughs> that, you know, or don't look at that. Get, because they, they'd have like a clear image of something from right. like straight and a clearly a spoiler. And I'm like, come on, man. Well, that, that know, was my wait, uh, like at least even a whole week. Like, right. Geez. That was my thing of um, like a YouTuber. Now, they didn't use anything from the movie itself, but their thumbnail like, it wasn't a spoiler outright, but, like, seeing it and kind of his wording of his community post was like, well, crap, like, that's kind of, it feels spoiler-ish, even though he wasn't spoiling it in any actual fashion, but it was like, after seeing the movie, it's like, well, yeah, it's kind of a spoiler, you know? Like, knowing it now, in retrospect, it is kind of a spoiler, and so... That was one thing we definitely wanted to avoid. And like I, I told my sister-in-law um, right before Christmas because she hadn't quite seen it yet. Um, but her husband, my brother and uh, and my nephew got to like see it themselves uh, opening night. Uh, I told her, I was like, well, here's my non-spoiler review. And this would have been what our non-spoiler review video would have been was it's good. Go see it. 
<laughs> you know, because uh, you, you would have to worry with that about any minute detail kind of even unintentionally spoiling a, even a small fraction of that movie because yeah. it was very nice to go into it very blind and having all of the unexpected surprises surprise me rather than being like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Um, so with that out of the way, let's go ahead and wrap up our reviews of Hawkeye episodes five and six and uh, also kind of talk a little bit because you and I had, had talked about this, uh, I think, in one of the previous Hawkeye videos about the Netflix shows and how they would fit within this based on some stuff Kevin Feige uh, had said and with stuff that happens specifically in episode six of Hawkeye uh, and set up in episode five. Uh how this kind of if the Netflix shows might be impacted or incorporated in the MCU going forward. So, again, if you haven't seen episodes five and six, which what are you doing? Go out and watch them. Uh, they've been out for for a couple weeks now. Uh, spoilers ahead for both episodes. Um, I did not get a chance to rewatch them before this. Uh, so I'm relying on Leslie because uh, she's very, very thorough and uh, far more able to rewatch stuff uh consistently than i am uh to carry me on any of the things that i might have missed or don't really remember from the episodes i i do remember specifically liking both episodes yeah uh and again kind of my overall analysis of hawkeye as a series itself is it's good go watch it <laughs> well yes but falcon and winter soldier this is how you do multiple plot lines and wrap them up sufficiently. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that this show itself is the highlight of why Falcon and Winter Soldier failed. Because even in episode three of Hawkeye, I was being a little concerned of, you've got the tracksuit mafia, you've got the uh, Armand murder, uh, you've got uh, the swordsman, you've got uh, you know the Ronin outfit, you've got all of these intermixing plots and you don't know how they're going to wrap it up, especially having seen how they failed with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And to get by episode five and definitely episode six going, you did it. You mm -hmm. tied in yeah. everything perfectly without any issue, without any overfilling. Heck, even when uh, we had Elena introduced in episode four, I'm like, great, here's another character you're introducing for five seconds. <laughs> and... I don't know how you're going to conveniently wrap this up in two episodes. And they did. And they did it well. And in yeah. fact, it actually makes Black Widow retroactively a little bit better considering how things work out in this series. So um, episode five is entitled Ronin. Um, the basic, because I'm not going to remember all the, the plot details, but the plot is... Uh, Clint decides to have a face-to-face -face, face meeting with Maya after he learns that she believes that he killed her father so they uh, can settle matters between them. Meanwhile, Kate has her own face-to-face -face meeting with Yelena, uh, who reveals why she wants Clint dead. Um, and that's, quite frankly, that's the episode. Um, boiled down to the major plot points. There are a little minor stuff here, here and there uh, with um, the LARPers a little bit, getting stuff back. Um, but Clint is trying to take responsibility for his actions as Ronan, but also sending Maya down the right path. 
um, rather than her being solely focused on revenge on him, he was the middleman, essentially, in the murder of her father. And he is setting her on her revenge path on the on the actual person who targeted her father. Uh, See, and I don't think that's what he's doing. Well, no, I'm not saying like that's intentionally what he's doing, but that's what he does. I mean, well, that's what ends up happening. But right. I think his intention was to be like, stop, especially in the other episode when he's talking to Kazi and he's like, she's going to get killed. And I, I don't know if he knew that he was the informant or not, but kind of like, you know, she's going to get killed. Right. If she continues on. And as we reveal in episode five, Kingpin confirmed. Right. <laughs> but Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin confirmed. Right. But I think it was. He's he he is coming from a place of I'm trying to save your life and I'm trying to live up to the sacrifice Natasha made right for me, and of course it just turns that she's like just takes that anger and rage and takes it from him onto Kingpin, which is what happens. Well, and right, I, right. His, I, I think his that's going to end up being the plot of her show. His intent was definitely like taking responsibility for his actions and not have her go down the path he went for revenge uh after losing his family to to thanos essentially uh but again like the the thing being like your your misplaced rage is not necessarily towards me but think about who would have tipped me off to where your father was and who would want wanted him eliminated and that's what sends her down that path of revenge um and then uh yeah you have uh what is probably one of the best scenes with uh, with uh, Haley Stenfield and um, Florence Pugh, the uh, the macaroni um, <laughs> scene, the mac and cheese scene, where you know they're just having this fun. Uh, I think what did I see it labeled chaotic friendship or something like that, where it's the start of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> yeah, like you know. It, it, it was just very well done. And I think it's giving um, her, Yelena and Florence Pugh, like more time to develop as a character. Because, yeah, we got her a lot of focus in on um, on Black Widow. But, like, I didn't really feel like I got to know Yelena. Um, and, like, because, I mean, for the most part, she was under the mind control, right? So, like, it wasn't like we got to really see her personality or who she truly is until like near the end of Black Widow. And here we get to really see her grow and flourish um, between these two episodes. Because I was worried when they introduced her at the end of episode four, how are you going to really give her time to grow, right? Because you've got all these other plot points. You're not going to do like a two hour long episode and then have a finale episode on top of that to give her ample room to grow. But I think this exposition scene between her and Kate does what it needs to do to alleviate those issues of how are you going to fit everything in? She clearly states what she's going to do. She's after Clint for murdering her sister and, and Kate going, that's not exactly what happened and and putting the bug in her ear of like, much like Clint does with Maya about think about who would have hired me or who would have given me the information who hired you, Yelena to go after Clint and that allows Yelena to go kind of on her own separate journey um, to figure out what actually is going on. And that gives us the kingpin reveal at the end of the episode. Um, and, of course, we also get more information about the uh, the wristwatch, um, too, uh, or the Rolex, whatever. Um, and what that plays more into a factor of. 
Um, but yeah, episode six, I think, was very good uh, in the sense of it's not fully action-oriented. You have the really good um, say used car lot scene where you know they were planning to basically ambush Clint and kill him, and he basically takes out everybody, and it's a one-on-one with Maya, and he gets her kind of pinned down, and he has that heart-to-heart with her. Um, not to mention also the very powerful scene of him going to the memorial and taking out his hearing aid so all of the background noise isn't impacting him and having his one-on-one with uh, Nat. And not that she's in the episode herself, but like <laughs> it, it's a very... I think it's one of the reasons why I like Jeremy Renner as Clint. Like it's a very heartfelt scene and you kind of get the thought that he might just go straight out and kill Maya to, to end it. But that's not really what his intent is to do. Again, he's trying to honor her sacrifice. Um, So that's primarily what this episode is. It's, it's really kind of a filler episode without feeling like a filler episode. It's doing everything to tie in all of these plot lines together. Cause we find out basically, um, and more so in, in the next episode, Kingpin is in charge of the tracksuit mafia. So like, that's what impacts all of this and why the tracksuit mafia was at the, at the place. Also Kate's or not Kate's, but Kate's mom's uh, kind of connections. And, and uh, you know, it's just a lot of the stuff started really kind of coming, came to fruition and made sense and was leading me to believe that the finale was going to be a very satisfying finale, unlike Falcon and Winter Soldier. So enough rambling from me kind of on the episode. What 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 do you have to say about the episode? Oh, so we're still on episode five. I know you said episode six later. We're still on. Right, right. Five. We're still talking about five. Um, I didn't feel like it was so much a filler episode as it was just a good plot development episode, which I guess could kind of be yeah. seen as filler, but it was, it was very good at, like, I like that it went ahead and started with Yelena showing right. us where she was in Blip. In yes, the blip uh, from not to interrupt you really quick, cause this is what I told you, um, uh, once I'd watched the episode, I feel like this should have been, if not, uh, the first post credit scene, for sure, like the second post credit scene of Black Widow, because it would have made things for for how things turn out in Infinity War and Endgame with Nat would have made more sense knowing like Yelena was blipped. Probably the, yeah. the entire family was blipped. And so that's why Nat is like, you guys are my only family now, because they don't really know, except for Clint, really know about her extended family. Right. That's. That's part of where I feel like, again, like the Black Widow movie was a failure on Marvel's part, on Feige's part, not yeah. not the movie itself, but right, the, right. the planning out the timing of it, The that we never got to develop those relationships. So it really didn't matter, right? you know, so much and it, everything went so fast. But yeah, I mean, I could definitely see the her, just the, that piece, her being blipped and then coming back and cutting right where they did on the I need to find Natasha, because that immediate moment you know that that's when the battle's taking place right so she doesn't know that she's gone yet like nobody knows that yet because right. that last battle is taking place that second so you know when we start there it's nice to see that from her perspective it's nice to like basically exactly where we left her at black widow is going out looking for the rest of the widows and trying to help them so we were already seeing the development from there because i think they're assuming you've watched black widow now you've come to this, right. you know who the character is, and you've already got a good progression of her development 
even just from that, knowing like, oh, she's continued on exactly like she said she would with Nat, you know, and and moving on from there. So I like that we opened there. And it was another really cool, interesting um, scene of seeing the blip because you see yeah. how the bathroom changes like slowly around her from that green or from cream to, to the green color. Yeah. That was really interesting because the last time we saw it in um, WandaVision, um, what's her name? Monica was still in the same hospital room. So it, hospital room right we, we just she saw just kind of back. we just kind of saw monica like reform whereas with right. like yelena we saw the room transform the room. yeah and i mean that makes sense like people paint their house and stuff whereas right. like the hospital probably didn't get a new coat of paint in those five years <laughs> right you know but yeah we do go straight from there basically to like the wrapping it up you know she's having her low moment with her mom and i'm not a hero you know and everybody's kind of doing their thing and clint goes to grills and Beautiful, beautiful dog. I think the dog's <laughs> name is Jolt, the actual dog. Oh, okay. Because that lucky um, is the name that they land on for him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the dog actor's name is Jolt. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a cute dog. And, of course, we get the, you want to see the costumes, and, of course, they can't show them to you yet because it's not the final episode. Right, right. You know, but just going through those progressions, we get the montage that we've needed about, or does it happen in the next episode about making more arrows? That's in the second or in the episode next, six, yeah. Next one, yeah, because that's in a montage we've wanted. I've wanted to see for a while. Of course, I'm I'm always like, doesn't that throw off the weight of the arrow and everything? But of course, <laughs> he's a great shot. So you know, when you're well, adding all this stuff onto I, it, I'm sure he figures out how to adjust it. <laughs> but yeah, he does do the the memorial scene. He talks to Laura, his wife, you know, and she's I I'm understand you know that he's going to go off and do this. I like that he, when he came up on Kazi, his immediate was like, yeah, let's let's try and talk about this. Like, dude, you're <laughs> lucky he didn't just chop your head off. Right. Like, immediately. And, of course, he's in the sniper position again. Foreshadow that he's going to be in the sniper position. Right. I like the fight with him and Maya. Um, I did see some complaints from reviewers. They're like, he should be able to take her down instantly. And I'm like, again, I feel like that. it just kind of reminds me of the Kylo and Rey fight in Force Awakens. The intentions of each person in that fight is different. Right. He's not trying to outright just take her down. He's trying to get her to listen. He's not trying to just like, what's the fastest, most efficient way I can just take her down. Yeah, he didn't go there with the intent to kill her. Right. And that's her intention is I'm going to kill this man. So when you're coming to the fight with different intentions, that also plays on how the fight is going to play out. Right. So I think people who were like, it shouldn't have been that much of an issue. No. Again, it's like vision versus um, what if vision, you know, killing Thanos. Like, come on. Right. Like, there's, there's, it's different intentions with the fight. The only complaint that I have, which might just be like a dirty fighter complaint, is like, you know, she has a prosthetic leg. Why don't she rip that leg off? <laughs> like, if you want her to sit and listen, maybe that's cruel. But if you get hold of it and you give it a good yank and you just take it off. It depends if it's that easy to take off. I, I mean, I know, don't know. I mean, I don't know. And I don't know if this is like, you know, hey, it's Stark Tech prosthesis right. now, you know. But I'm just kind of like, you know, it's a prosthetic leg. So why don't you just go for that leg? Just knock her down. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. Maybe that's a dirty fighter because I'm a, I'm a small person, <laughs> you know. And it's like, if I'm in a fight, I got I to gotta fight to kill because everybody else is bigger than me. But, um. It was a good fight scene, and the poor tracksuit guy, and he got scared and shot himself in the foot. Yeah, in the foot when everybody else is, is you know, getting pulled. 
But I mean, it is, it's very good setup. And I like that. I like where we ended it when, um, wanting to call her Kate. Yelena is texting Kate. Yeah. You know, like I, I did what you said. I went and found out who hired me. Guess what? It's your mom, you know? And then and we also get the picture. The big guy. Yeah. The big guys. <laughs> and I like that. I like that they didn't leave it vague. Like Clint says, kingpin. Yeah. You know, they yeah. didn't do like a vague, like he just said the big guy and it's a bald man in a white suit, but you know, it could be anyone, but right. he went ahead and said kingpin. And then of course, all the reviewers I watch, everybody's freaking out and everybody's got to watch. And then of course, once Vincent's name comes up through the credits, then everybody really has the big freak out and you know, it could be this and it could be this and it could be this. Like you said, we'll talk about, um, you know, the stuff. But I thought it was a really good development episode. It's the kind of development that you need with the plot lines of starting. You're, you're starting to weave them back together, which right. is what Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't do. Because you can clearly see. And I like that we see, like, Jack is basically just a nice guy yeah. <laughs> who likes swords. So uh, to to kind of talk about that, because like, you know, you you had mentioned, uh, you know, why he didn't have to be like a straight villain. Right. And um, I wasn't too familiar with the character of the swordsman myself, but uh, he actually started out as a hero, took a little bit of a villainous turn and is back to a hero in the current like comic books. So not having that um, kind of foreknowledge, like I just assumed immediately, obviously, villain, because... One, well, he's I got think, the twirly mustache, you know, and everything, too. So I think it, that's what you're meant to assume, too, right. especially from the first couple episodes. Everybody's like, who's this guy? And I'm like, it's so obvious that he's got to be the bad guy that he can't possibly be the bad guy. Right. So uh, I did like that twist. Also, uh, as we as we get into, like, episode six, uh, I believe I um, immediately had texted you at the end of episode five, probably right, right at the beginning of episode six or something like that, where I was just like, I hate your brain (laughs) yeah, because you figured out the big twist within like the first episode or first two episodes and go back, listen to episode one and two uh, review. Leslie called it basically. I did. And I, and I insisted we recorded it so that it would be there for posterity. Yes. It is preserved for posterity's (laughs) sake. Uh, so yeah. uh, So let's go ahead and kind of wrap up episode five because I think we've talked about the major points and and like like we both said, like it's a, it it is a filler episode because it is primarily exposition, but it doesn't feel like a filler episode. I think that that's the, the key difference is, when you get to a lot of filler episodes, right, it's one of those things where it's like, we have to have this episode where it's primarily practical, it's a lot of exposition because we got to save budget for, for the other stuff. But the way they do it, we're, as we talked about, they interweave all the different plot lines. They're bringing it all to fruition to finally come to the climax of the finale. And that's what Falcon and Winter Soldier never did. It just, it, it did some of that but it didn't do it in the way where it felt satisfying. So when we get to this episode five of Hawkeye, when we call it a filler episode, it's a filler episode only in the sense of it's taking the time that it needs to, to establish how all these plot lines fit together and why things are the way they are. So fiber, not sugar. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So for like a score out of this episode, uh, I'm probably four. Cause like, I don't really have any complaints. I mean, Four might seem a little bit low since we kind of praised it, but I don't want to give it like perfect score. 
Uh, because I'm sure if I were to go back and rewatch it, I might find some actual faults, like minor things to really complain about. But overall, I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, I thought that they did the adequate focusing on Yelena that I was worried they wouldn't do. And it, and also worried that if they did it, it would feel too crammed in or like forced. Yeah. And it really didn't just having that scene between her and Kate did everything it needed to do. Uh, so that's why I give it. I go ahead and give it a four. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of debating between like a four and a four and a half. Yeah, because I'm thinking about what I want to score the next episode too, and <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm floating somewhere in there between four and four and a half. All right. Well, maybe maybe you can make up your mind when we get through episode <laughs> six, because I know I already know what I'll, I will score episode six at. Uh, but let's go ahead and move into episode six, which I gotta pull it up here on my phone since my phone's uh, almost dead. In LA. Uh, da, 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 da. come on one more so this is Christmas uh, so again like just the basic okay. plot of this is Clint, Kate, and Maya face their past as the tracksuits and Kazi come for Eleanor Yelena comes for Clint and Clint and, and Kate uh, come to save her mother from the tracksuits the kingpin looms over it all after Eleanor tells him that she's no longer going to help him so uh, we open it, with Vincent yes <laughs> we do and Again, one of the best casting choices I think they ever could have made was making Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin back even just in the Netflix show, not not alone in Hawkeye. Um, so one of the things that has come out since the episodes have aired is him saying he is the same Kingpin from the Netflix shows. Um, and again, kind of, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Mild spoiler alert for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, so stop listening for, for a couple <laughs> seconds. Even though it is a, mi- a minor spoiler, it does not spoil anything else about No Way Home. It's a very minor thing. But again, I know my reaction when I saw it in theaters. I don't want to ruin that for anyone. So if you have not seen No Way Home, uh, just kind of tune out for the next couple couple seconds or minutes. Then we have, of course, Charlie Cox show up in No Way Home as Matt Murdock. And we already had Feige confirm that it's the same, basically same Matt Murdock. So now we have Kingpin and we have XYZ character. So in case uh, only people skipped only a couple of seconds ahead uh, from the Netflix shows. Like I said, I because I, I have seen a lot of people kind of question, well, if the Netflix shows are now canon, well, where do they take place? And like I've said, and ad nauseum, they never mention anything past the Battle of New York. So I would contend to say that all of the Netflix shows take place in between Avengers and Age of Ultron. Um, and of course now with time skips and time jumps and all that stuff, who, who knows where they're at now in their lives, but it has given me, uh, the reason to kind of go back and finish the final seasons of each of the shows from Netflix. And I had, uh, I think texted you a, a message too. Uh, and I don't know cause I still haven't finished Daredevil season three, but with what Kingpin is dealing with there is with the Albanians and the name sounded like Kazi's family name. So I would be really interested to see with how Daredevil season three wraps up where if he takes control of them and that's where the origins of kind of like the tracksuit mafia really kind of comes into fruition that then explains 
the connections here in Hawkeye since Vincent has said he is the same Kingpin. So we know that these shows are connected now. If you want to know where they kind of fit in the timeline, just put them right in between Avengers and Age of Ultron. All three seasons of Daredevil, all two seasons of Punisher, all two seasons of Je- or three seasons of Jessica Jones, two seasons of Iron Fist, two seasons of Luke Cage. Because now we've opened that door where the actors, if they want to have them come back, can come back, uh, which I'm really excited for now. And I'm really happy to see that uh, we get these guys back, especially Vincent as Kingpin. Um, yeah, I don't know if they'll get everybody exactly the same. Right. But I think they'll probably, like, obviously, as we said, we got specific XYZ character. We have Vincent. I don't know if they're going to go 100% the same with everybody else. Like, obviously, the one that's been in contention is Danny. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, we might get a completely different Danny, but it's like, oh, that all was him, but not. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I think as we, I mean, we've we've had it within the MCU itself. If they recast Danny, they recast Danny. But as long as it's the same basically the same Danny from the shows. I think we're, I think we'll all be fine. And I don't want them to choose anyone else, but Mike Coulter for Luke Cage. Cause he did such a fantastic job as Luke. Yeah. So um, there's, there's, they might recast some, you know, or, and it all depends too on what their plans are going forward, you right, know? Right. Cause I, I just love to be in a planning room to like see, cause I'm like, you know, like the plotter versus the pantser when you're right. writing and I'm like a plotter and I'm like, it, this, a lot of this sometimes feels to me like five head, like they've planned this out, <laughs> you know, like how many years. And, and I'm like, I want to see like the the wall with the string, you know, and like, and this is what we're doing, you know, and this is where it's going to go. And it's going to be this thing and that thing. And I'm like, I want to see the wall. You want to talk about stress? You want to talk about stress? Okay. I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this. Jesus Christ. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail's getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look in the mail, well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia. So I say to myself, I gotta find this guy. I gotta go up to his office. I gotta put his mail in the guy's goddamn hands. Otherwise, he's never gonna get it. He's gonna keep coming back down here. So I go up to Pepe's office, and what do I find out, Mac? What do I find out? There is no Pepe Sylvia. The man does not exist, okay? So I decided, oh, shit, buddy. I got to dig a little deeper. There's no Pepe Sylvia. You got to be kidding me. I got boxes full of Pepe. All right, so I start marching my way down to Carol and HR, and I knock on her door, and I say, Carol, Carol, I got to talk to you about Pepe. And when I open the door, what do I find? There's not a single goddamn desk in that office. There is no Carol in HR. Mac, half the employees in this building have been made up. This office is a goddamn ghost town. Okay, Charlie, I'm going to have to stop you right there. You know, and bringing him back and then having Vincent confirm it's the kingpin from Netflix. So yeah. it, and the it's good great. thing about the way that they brought him into this, because, like, I haven't heard if they're actually, like, we're going to do a new Daredevil or we're right. going to do a new Defender. There's, there's been but, rumors. That's yeah, as far as I know. It, yeah, rumors are like until right. they make an announcement. So what they have specifically announced is Echo, which right. I think is Maya's show. Correct. And the way that they brought Kingpin into this, I think is a good way that they can like sprinkle those other Netflix show characters back in. So they may not be getting their own specific shows anymore, but you can't tell me that 
some of the other characters might not sprinkle in to the Echo show. You so, know, like uh, I can I can at least tell you this again. It's it's another rumor. So I I mean they haven't confirmed definitively yet, but knowing that it's an upcoming uh, MCU show, and I would have to recommend this of anyone who's not aware because I wasn't aware until recently. You can, if you have Disney Plus. Go and uh, check their 2021 Marvel special, I think is what it's called on there. Uh, but if you go into the Marvel section of, of, of uh, the Disney Plus uh, app, you'll, you'll find it. It's about a 14-minute long video. And it uh, kind of sh- showcases everything from 2021, starting with WandaVision all the way up through Hawkeye. But then what's to come? So they show brief trailers for Moon Knight, uh, for um, Ms. Marvel, and for She-Hulk. And, and what if season two? Now, the rumor I have heard uh, is that they will have Daredevil show up in She-Hulk. Now, whether that's going to actually be true or not, that's up in the air. But it makes sense since... Uh, Lawyers. She, yeah, she's a lawyer. And it would be perfect to bring Matt Murdock into that scene. Uh, so let's hope that this continuing... Especially, ha- let's have it start with Vincent in Hawkeye. Yeah. And bring in... Like you said, don't give. They don't necessarily need to have their own shows, yeah, but have, have them to sprinkled do a in. Thing. Yeah, you don't have to do a big whole thing where you're dedicating all you know all your money and everything into the they get own specific show. But if it make they're in a place and it makes sense that like, hey, this person would be around, right? Like, drop them in. Yeah, you know that's what that's what you can do now because everybody can say, oh well, these are all canon now. The Netflix shows, well, they're there. You yeah. can go watch them. You don't have to do a whole other three seasons of a, this show and of building it up a, or anything like right. that. They'll go watch those, and then you just sprinkle the character in, you know, wherever wherever and, they're uh, at. We can do once we once we get back on track because <laughs> we got a little yes, distracted because there. I have not entire in, in their entirety watched all of the Netflix shows. Right. I have seen three or four episodes of Daredevil. Okay. I did not watch any of Jessica Jones. I did not watch any Punisher. I watched maybe two episodes of Luke Cage. Okay. And I think that's pretty much it. And of course, I'm I've watched more of Agents of Shield and I don't know. That one's still iffy. Yeah, you know? I don't I uh, see Agents of Shield is the only one where I think Feige will put his foot down and go. That's Yeah, not because canon. I feel like it was very they were very defiant. Yeah. <laughs> Especially more so than the Netflix shows. I feel like that got very defiant. And again, like I've said before, I never really ended up finishing the newer seasons because I believe it was season five where they ended it was was so perfect with a bow because they didn't know if they're being canceled or not they didn't give me any reason to need any more episodes right Uh, and and, so and to kind of speak for like the Netflix shows the Netflix shows like honestly were Netflix getting mad at Disney for having the audacity to try to launch their own streaming service so like they were just like (laughs) fine we're just gonna cancel the shows so it wasn't even like it was it was kind of like uh oh so you think you can do your own and let's let's face it disney has built up a fairly successful streaming service in the future in in three thousand years or whatever it'll be like the people worshipped amazon and google (laughs) and disney (laughs) well let's just face it at some point it'll just all be disney or amazon you know it's it's kind of the question of who will own who first will Amazon right. end up buying Disney or will Disney end up buying Amazon um, and, and then be our overlords for the for the future. 
Um, but so there will be some speculation when we get to a certain plot point um, in this episode about what may come up in the Echo show. Um, so kind of getting back to to getting the episode. Um, so yes, we've got Kingpin and Eleanor's trying to get out of the deal that uh, her husband originally got kind of into. And it still wasn't kind of clear, or at least n- not since I, I watched the episode, did he die in the attack, or did Kingpin have him killed? I'm not it sure. It wasn't entirely clear, but I feel I still feel like even if she didn't kill him herself, mm-hmm. the attack was the perfect opportunity for him to disappear. Well, that so, yeah. even if it was a Kingpin disappearance, that was still the perfect spot, and she was gone. For because I don't know, maybe it's just me. But in that sequence in episode one, she's gone for a long time when your kid's screaming. Right. And the house doesn't seem that big. And I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like, that was a long time. I'm still inclined to believe he might have just died in the in the attack. He might have. But um, she inherited all his issues. She obviously knew something was going on because they're having that fight. Right. You know, but I feel like, Eleanor, you've worked with Fisk for a while now. I feel like blatantly telling him i've been keeping an insurance policy <laughs> blah 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 like that was a dumb move well yeah because this whole time i feel like she's been doing really good like making fairly smart moves you know of how she's setting this up you know, working right for this and and i'm like that was a dumb move so now i don't know if you were just a good lackey <laughs> you know like are you in because i felt like she was a little more intelligent than that like Right. You know, the way that she said it, like when Kate told her last episode, we found a lot of stuff on Jack and she's oh, like, and she managed. Yeah. And she managed to set him up. Miraculously. For it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's been set up for it. You know, like I'm like, so she, it, it, it to me appears like she's a little more intelligent than that. That seems like a dumb move to be like, yeah, I'm going to threaten Kingpin. <laughs> like what? Oh, I have an insurance policy. Like I wouldn't tell him that <laughs> right. I'd die and let the insurance <laughs> policy come out. Like, I no, I mean, she doesn't want to die, but... but... You know what I mean? Like, I'd be dead first and then have him have to deal with the aftermath of that Well, it, out, And it also to, may to have been... Um, it may have been something just... It may have been really more motivated by Kate. You know, I think, yeah. like, Kate See, kind that's of... that's the thing I said, is she loves her daughter. Right. And that's that, that maternal mother. instinct kind of overrode the uh, cutthroat um, killer, essentially, uh, yeah. aspect that she had. But, uh, yeah, so... We have that kind of culminate. Um, we have, you know, we they basically figure out that Kingpin is going to take her out. Um, oh, yeah. And so we have kind of the whole big, we have the arrow montage of them building all the different arrows <laughs> and, and labeling them so uh, she yeah. doesn't mistakenly <laughs> use the wrong one. Uh, we have the LARPers involved. Uh, the costumes are finished. Uh, so basically I know we're kind of like jumping over a whole Rushing lot of stuff, through. but we'll, we'll be talking about this. We're already at like 40 minutes here talking <laughs> about the, about these two episodes. So, uh, to not like just kind of, again, I'm assuming that most of the people who are watching this video have already seen the episode. So you know what we're talking about. Uh, so we get the, basically the big fight scene at the tower and right in yeah, front of the, the um, right in front of the Christmas tree. Uh, at, well, you're gonna skip the party part. Well, I mean, the party part just like sets everything up. Like you have the LARPers yeah. there, kind of running uh, as uh, Elena in her beautiful green coat and amazing hair. Yes, and uh, I mean Florence Pugh is just 
I, I, very attractive young lady, but a very great actress. And I think she's perfect. They have a hairstylist every day. <laughs> Just got to become an actress. Um, but yeah, you have kind of their chasing because she's going after uh, she's going after Clint. So Kate's kind of running interference with her. Clint's trying to protect Eleanor. Uh, so you've got him kind of ch- keeping an eye out for everything else. Uh, and so it just kind of all culminates into a nice, fun... Uh, I love the kind of track tracking shot of Kate and Yelena struggling and basically yeah. tug-of-warring through the offices and stuff like that. Two and, different skill levels, but I like that... I mean, because obviously I feel like Yelena could kill her. You know, oh, yeah. Like but, but but she doesn't want to. funny. Right, you know? yeah. And, and it's just the comedy. That that's like the the uh the whole funny thing with like stop making me like you and Elena's yeah. like I can't help it <laughs> you know, type of thing. It's the new Hawkeye and the new Black Widow. And essentially it is. Um BFFs. And then so we get to what's like the great kind of fight scene down on the ice rink. Uh my favorite part out of the entire fight scene is using the Pym arrow and Shrink. then going so what do we do now? I don't know. I have to ask Scott about that. And then the owl coming down and swooping up the truck and we never know what happens. <laughs> Those <laughs> four men were eaten alive. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but we got, we get to see them in their costumed glory. Uh, I, okay. So let's, let's talk about what's probably what I've seen to be the most controversial part about the episode. It's, it's not even Clint, Clint and Yelena, but people complaining about Kate being able to take on Kingpin. She didn't. <laughs> exactly. The, she the she whole, held her ground. She She's trying. She gets slapped down at yes. every opportunity. And the only way that she kind of won, and that's in like quotes, is because she used the way too dangerous arrow <laughs> right. in, in an explosion. As we already saw when Eleanor rammed him with the car. You and know, got shot straight in the chest with an arrow. Right. Like he's, he's fine. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think... I think it would be more ridiculous if she like went fist to fist with him and was able to like punch him out, you know? And exactly. Blah. This is like, she literally gets flung to the ground every time she tries to bull rush him. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? And the only way that she makes a win. And I say win like in light. It's got an like, asterisk. Yes. <laughs> a little, little C footnote is because of the explosion arrow. And right. th- that's not like, that's not a you take it as a win, right? But that's not like. But because as we see, he gets away. Like as right. the cops are entering into the toy store, he's the not FLA there. shorts, gone. you know, there he's gone. Um, he's gone. And then we get the beautiful, what I think is a very beautiful scene between Clint and Yelena. Like yeah. Clint willing to die. Yeah, you know, he's understanding. letting her beat him to death, basically, right. because this is the point. Because what do we say? It's like how many of her months. Post in Infinity War yeah, or something. Yeah, right. Like it's probably, so, probably like six months after Endgame, maybe. Uh, it, who knows? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just lump those two together right. pretty much anymore. But yeah, so this is she hasn't worked through all her grief yet. Right. So she's you see very much that she's in denial and, and she's angry. You know, that's what those two, you know, those emotions that are driving her. That's why she can't really hear what he's saying or anything. That's why she can't believe Kate you know, in the previous episode of, like, what happened. Because it, it really takes that to bring her to the realization of, like, it. even if I was there, right. she would have fought me, and I would be the one alive, and she still would have jumped off, you know? Like, right. there's no there's no way that 
anybody was going to stop her. Well, not only that, it's like, because like, that's, that's the thing. Like, she's like, well, why didn't you stop her? And he's like, we both know that. Like, yeah, like she, no she was better. You know, yeah. like she beat me. So it was like, I was trying to sacrifice myself because I had nothing left. And I'm trying to honor her sacrifice because she gave me everything back. Right, right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was the beautiful eulogy we needed for Black Widow because, yeah. as as monumental as the sacrifices in Endgame, ultimately there's no eulogy for her. There's, yeah, she we get, get we get Tony's, spot. you know, like we get Tony's funeral, which rightfully so. We get Cap's kind of ending, mm-hmm. but Nat is just dead you know so and then you know with with uh the black widow film yeah it's in between civil war and infinity war but like so we know we're not going to get any resolution there and the post-credit scene yeah the post-credit scene just really is more of a setup for hawkeye show uh but there was nothing else like nothing that's why i would even think like if you remove the the hawkeye post-credit scene even if you make that the second one, because I can't remember if there were one or two in, in Black Widow, but if you remove the one with the Countess and you put in what was in episode five, it would have felt more interesting for Black Widow to be like, okay, I'm interested to see what Yelena's going to do knowing what I know about Endgame. Yeah. Versus a very inconsequential scene that just didn't feel like it amounted to anything uh, at the time, you know, um, when Black Widow came out. So it, it just, it's it's very well done. Now the next controversial scene, and this isn't controversial meaning like people are up in arms about it necessarily or that they don't believe that this is how it should have happened because it's actually comics accurate. But as we do see Kingpin getting away, he's met with Maya. Yeah. And Maya shoots him. So this... uh because as I as I will say and I will quote also uh, the fantastic show Psych, uh, nobody no crime. Right. So nobody. He ain't dead. My 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 brother goes. Well, you hear a thump, and I'm like, well, yeah, you're gonna hear a thump, but you don't know if it's her, if it's him, whatever. Yeah. But I did uh, watch some videos, um, kind of talking about because I I will stand by. You don't bring Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin for one Just episode and kill him. Right, and if you do, it's on screen. Yeah, maybe. you show it. You <laughs> yeah. show it. So, right? Uh, so that, that's one of those things that, like, when Infinity War happened, and everybody's like, oh, and they're all dusting. I'm yeah. like, there's another movie. I can't be upset <laughs> yet until I know what happens in the next movie. The, the only way you can be upset is when you have, I don't want to go, or whatever, when with, when yeah. uh, when uh, Peter me. is, is, is yeah. you know, I don't yeah, feel but well, I'm not, I'm not like... Oh, they're all dead now. I'm like, there's a whole nother movie. I yeah. cannot cry over lost characters yet. And quite frankly, that was why my dad didn't like Infinity War. He's like, I know they're going to come back. But then he liked Endgame a lot more than Infinity War. Yeah. So, so like, with this death, I'm like, yeah, we hear a shot and then we hear a thud. Yeah. We That could be he got the gun from her and shot her and that's her. She could have shot him as she did in the comics and yeah. he's still alive. Yeah, well, so, so in the comics, he actually loses his eyesight. Uh, okay. So that's you, like shoot him in the face, or well, I I don't know because it's it was from '98, so it was long before that. I was actually uh, collecting comics. But I, I it it is comic book accurate 
that he gets shot by her. Um, so, and this is where speculation into Echo, because we did see him take an arrow to the chest, like literally to right. the heart and, right. and survive. In Kate's face when he just knocks like, the chest. Just sh- pulls it out and it's like, <laughs> and then he comes bull rushing at her. So it's like, and, and we know that like Kingpin himself is very thick skin uh, with all the weight and stuff like that. And, you know, did I watched one of the Spider-Man episodes where he was like, let me show you what, how many pounds of muscle because yeah. everybody thinks he's fat, but he, he's like, it's, just it's yeah. Muscle. Right. So, uh, and, and I'm sure, I mean, I don't know for sure cause I haven't finished Daredevil season three, but if there's any powers or anything like that, I would assume it would have been introduced in, in season three of Daredevil. Uh, but we, we just know that of Kingpin himself, like he's, he can take pretty hard you take a beating uh so uh, even a bullet like depending on where she even shot him you know yeah it might knock him back so that's why we hear the thud but my speculation is he's not dead and he's going to be heavily involved in the echo show oh yeah i think that my guess is that she does shoot him and he does fall down and she believes that he's dead and she thinks it's taken care of Mm -hmm. and the Echo show is going to, I don't know, somehow it's going to go some way and she's going to find out that he ain't dead. And she's going to need help. And maybe that's how we're going to get Matt Murdock into it. You know, so I'm just like trying to figure out how they're going to weave it. Excuse me. You know, but uh, I don't, it's either going to be she shot him and she thinks he's dead or, you know, it's going to be the other way reversed. And then it's still going to be her trying to find him or something. Right. Like, so it, I, I see it more of like. You know, he's going to be grievously injured and he's going to do everything coming after her. And it's going to be her trying to figure out how to stop him, essentially, because I'm sorry, you just don't bring him back for one episode and kill him off, especially again with XYZ character showing up in in No Way Home. Right. Like, I, I saw some people debate that, too, and I feel like it's it's just like a philosophical academic debate. Right. Because it's it really is the whole like you don't go through all of that just for that, and if you do, you do it on screen. Well, that and that's a and it's a common trope through many shows oh. where you end on the gunshot, but you don't show the after effect. Who got shot? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's very much a tactic right. that has been used uh, ad oh, yeah. nauseum. Like, if, if anybody watches Murdoch Mysteries, excuse me, that you know um, murder mystery show, mm-hmm. um, it's Canadian, and it's season. 10 or maybe 11 I don't remember which but the season finale is like the three three constables go into the church it's a setup you know and it and when it ends all you know is that one of them is for sure dead according to the people who arrive on the scene right which constable is it you know is it your favorite con- is it is it George is it Henry is it Jackson you know and everybody's freaking out and I'm like nobody they ain't dead <laughs> you know you're not going to well, even yeah, go it just, uh, to it just pans up to do a to do a, a MC, MCU adjacent uh, show since it's uh, an actor that's been in both the MCU. Uh, Sherlock season one, you know, oh, yeah. they, it ends with them at the pools and the bombs, and you're like, and you basically have the clicking uh, or ticking clock, and you're just like, and it ends, and you're like, oh, do the bombs go off? Do they not go <laughs> off? Like, does John shoot him or whatever? You know, so it's it, it or, or is John Moriarty? You know, type of thing, and it's like. You end that on that type of note where you do not show what happens. It is up in the air. Now, if 
Vincent says, I don't want to come back as Kingpin anymore, which I don't think is going to happen. Then you show the body at the at the beginning of the Echo show or something like that. Like, until you address it head on and show for a fact that exactly. he is dead, he's not dead. Right. Um, so, And I, I just don't think you take a character with that potential and that much love. And especially with this kind of growing idea that those Netflix show characters are now going to appear in the MCU in some form or manner you don't just get rid of one of the biggest and iconic ones. You know, you just don't do that. <laughs> like an afterthought. <laughs> right. Cause like, if you do, you ruin a lot of good, goodwill that you just earned. Even, yeah. even goodwill you just earned in no way home, I think would be hurt a damaged. little bit. Um, Definitely damaged. Uh, because I, I don't think you take these moves. You don't say these things as Kevin Feige and, and then kind of take it back, you know, type of thing. And that's where, you know, Kevin Feige, for all the criticisms we do have of him, he is a planner. I mean, he had, back when this was starting, he had movies planned up to 2020. Then he had movies planned up to 2024. So I'm sure he's getting his plans through 2030 (laughs) right now uh, for this to continue on. And again, with what, when we talk about No Way Home in a separate video, the possibilities that open up from No Way Home is just amazing and then when well when just even dr strange in the multiverse of madness what that's going to do and how that makes what if very important now uh super important in fact and now that i'm even seeing some images we're going to have three dr strange variants so that's (laughs) going to be really interesting to see defender variant our main dr strange and supreme strange so it's it's i would say that like because I think when we started off phase four, uh, what what started off phase four? We had um, Black Widow. Was Black Widow the start? I guess Black Widow was the start. Or would technically, or would technically, um, Far From Home would be. No, I guess that's more of the cap end to the phase. Yeah, three. So, I think that's the cap. So I guess uh, I guess Black, Black Widow, Widow was the start. Then. Well, we we got. WandaVision, I guess, is technically the start. Of well, it technically four. ended up, but I the way that they had mm-hmm. intended. Right, uh, but when we when we talk about the movies, at least for sure, when it comes to the films, Black Widow was a little lukewarm. There was some fear with Shang Chi, but not not a whole lot. And Shang Chi proved to be very good and a and a very good entry for a new character. Eternals, which I know you haven't seen yet, again kind of went back to. Ah, uh, it's a little. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. And then we get to No Way Home, where it's like, okay, I'm I'm on these mainline <laughs> films of the existing characters. I think we're on a good good track, especially with Doctor Strange being the next one. Now we have to wait till I think March or May. Uh, May. May. Yeah, it was March. It got moved to May. Got, yeah. Right um, now it's sitting on May sixth. I and think. They, much like I said about Spider Man. They better not push it again because <laughs> the hype right now is is very high. And that's, again, I think why Black Widow suffered because Black Widow got pushed and pushed because so of COVID many. that the hype and momentum it had died. died. Same with Eternals, not so much with Shang-Chi because uh, Shang-Chi was going to go either way where it was going to be a fun like action film regardless of it being an MCU film, I think, uh, because they, they just did what they wanted to do and had fun with it. Um, Eternals tried to be too, I think, serious and impactful, and it fell apart. 
uh, with too many characters and not really getting time to care about the characters. Um, but Spider-Man, very great entry. Doctor Strange, just from that teaser trailer, I think is going to be a, an amazing entry. I'm excited for Thor. I'm excited for all the other th- films that are set to come out, as long as they don't get postponed. Um, so you would ruin, I think like a lot of goodwill that Hawkeye has earned that a lot of the other MCU shows have earned. If you start disregarding some of these characters, but I do think we're going to be, cause I, I know some people are kind of worn out. Um, I think it's even evident kind of in our, our, uh, our statistics of the episodes we do where we focus on MCU content where they're kind of burnt out on the superhero stuff. But yeah, I think Spider-Man No Way Home really revitalizes that. I think shows like Hawkeye, WandaVision, Loki, What If really help that because they're approaching it in a respectful way, but also in new ways that we haven't seen quite done before. Yeah, well, and I think, too, something that just, like, from watching, as I've seen, watched um, episode two of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. or chapter two, is is the the ability you have in these shows to take a look at some of the smaller details yeah. because you have more time and you don't have to fit something into two and a half hours right. or three hours. So you can take a little bit more time. We can sit with the characters a little longer. We can do some good development, which really isn't something you have a big opportunity to do when you've really got to meet that time limit, how long people are going to sit in the theater, right. you know, and, and watch this movie. Well, and that's um, because I, I've heard criticisms of, even just specifically of Hawkeye before even really like the show uh, was really in a few episodes in. Cause I know the person who made the criticism actually likes the show, but they said, yeah, they promised him a movie and now he's got a, a Disney plus show and uh, like how people look down upon that. And it's like, actually yeah. I want more of the yeah. shows per se and, and save the, the big movies, spectacles. Yeah. Save the big spectacles for for like No Way Home because I think No Way Home, one, it took its time. Yeah, it's a longer film, but it doesn't feel long, and it 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 took its pacing. It it did the pacing very well because it's got characters in the moments established very well that you didn't need necessarily need that. But when you do a, if you were to do Hawkeye as a film, there's no way you do the character development, the character introductions, the moments feeling earned, the exposition scene between Kate and Yelena. You can't fit all of that. Obviously it's a six, basically a six hour movie essentially. And I think you get more out of that than you would out of a two hour Hawkeye film. Yeah, I think there was this this look, especially like when when TV was more like you got to do twenty two episodes yeah. in a season, got to do this, you got to do that. I think now, like in this golden age of television, when you have these streaming services and you look at things, when you could do like a, this a six hour movie, it's a lot better quality. You're not trying to we've got to fill out twenty two episodes of a season. It doesn't right. have to be that. You don't have to do that. You can have six good episodes and. It's quality over quantity, right? And this allows you to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and again, like because this is something I've been saying for a long time now, is f- if you want the superhero stuff to to succeed, you have to look at television being the better medium to to take that time. And quite frankly, because as you brought it up uh, with Boba Fett, uh, the book of Boba Fett, um, watching episode two. Sitting there going like, although I don't, I don't like the split focus of the show right now, but I will say like with what the fo- what it focused on in episode two, I really liked. 
but you look at the moments that are there and you look at the the CGI and the effects and it all looks really good because they're taking a movie budget and spreading it out amongst six episodes and knowing where to take the breaks of the very effects heavy moments and having those be character exposition moments or even action scenes that just don't require a whole lot of visual effects. And then when you have uh, maybe mild spoiler for book of Boba Fett chapter two, you have the train sequence and that looks amazing. I mean, there were some flaws here and there in the Hawkeye with, with special effects, particularly some green screen moments that, that kind of annoyed me, but were mild at, at worst, you know, they weren't that bad, but then you look at, look at episode two of Boba Fett and it's, it's a train heist with what looks like an actual hyper train, you know, or, or a floating train, whatever you want to call yeah. it. So I think if you can approach it from that aspect, when it when you're talking about from a budgetary uh, perspective, if you know how to pace it out and you know where you want the visual effects to go, you can make it look really just good. like if you're watching it as a, as a movie. So because that's always the thing that people when they complain about the Transformers movies focusing too much on the human aspect. Sorry, you can't take a huge budget. You, the budget for that to have the Transformers be in 99% of the film is going to be astronomical, astronomical. if you want it to look good. That's why right. Michael Bay always broke it up with you have a big action sequence at the beginning. You have a very long kind of exposition stuff in the middle and you have the big action sequence at the end because that's where the visual effects money is going. So uh, with a show like Hawkeye, like even though there were those kind of mild moments, I think that was episode three uh, with the car chase. um, When you get to episode six, visual effects wise, it looks great. Great. And, And in fact, you have the one-on-one with Kingpin. You don't have to do anything super visual effects outside of the arrows. So you can have it look good and and, and still feel impactful. So I think that that's what Disney Plus is doing right with their, with their shows. And even Netflix to an extent, although Netflix doesn't do it that great. And also, I don't know how Netflix does their budgets because some shows look really good. Some shows look really crappy. (laughs) Uh, And they're so nowadays they're worse than average network television when it comes to canceling programs, Um, which is why I want a show like The Witcher to succeed, because it is a very good show at its core. It has faults, but like I don't want it to fall into the um, into the Netflix trap. Now, if Netflix came out tomorrow and said, all right, any new shows we're introducing, we have a three-year plan. I'm fine with that because you can, you pan it out. You're telling me it has a a start date and an expiration date. That's all I need. Uh, That's why I was fine when they said Lost in Space was going to only be three seasons because I'm like, okay, I I know I can invest the rest of my time in the Lost in Space and not worry about being left with cliffhangers. Whereas a bunch of other shows, hey, they're getting the first season, big cliffhangers at the end. Yeah, we're going to axe them. That's it. Yeah. So I've always been a proponent of, I feel like when you're doing a show, you need to have an end in mind, an end point in mind. Because otherwise you you get this crappy television that just, you get these ridiculous, you know. You get lost season six. They got a, this person and their relationship's just fine. And now they're going to throw a wrench into it. So we have something dramatic for the episode. And 
now we've got to do this so that we have something interesting and it's it's so boring and right. so repetitive and just so crappy television you know that you don't you don't need that i feel like the days of like clicking on those kind of sitcoms are over right at least at least for some of us you know because i'm like i can't sit through all that crap no, no. <laughs> i'm not and, interested in sitting through all that. and i think it's great because like as much as we might want second seasons from hawkeye or second seasons from falcon and winter soldier or one division i think the best idea that they have is to approach it as we have one season we have six episodes or nine episodes in one division's case let's tell our story and let's get it done and then if we get a season two or if there's a if there's a real demand for a season two we'll plan for a season two but if there's not we're not going to worry about it we told the story that we wanted to tell yeah, I feel like it's approaching it like this is one comic book. Yeah. And here's your one, you know, here's what's the one story you're going to tell for this book that we're going to flip through in six hours, you know, yeah, like six issues, essentially, yeah. you know, and yeah. which is about the normal kind of average run of, a, of an arc in a comic book. And, and I think and, that's a good way to plan these out in the future, too, of like I said, I want to be in that planning room yeah. where all the things connect because it's like, OK, here's where this show and this is what it's going to be about. And here's the next movie. And now here's the show that's going to come in between. And then like, you know, how it's going to go from here to here to here, you know, and like how they're all going to connect. Because I feel like going forward, they can do a little more investment with letting us develop the characters in the shows. And then when you have the big spectacle moment, when you have a big, you know, let's say uh, Multiverse of Madness is going to be amazing. So you have this big, amazing movie and then we can go back down to the yeah. little show and we can get to know these characters we know nothing about a little bit more. And then we'll go back up to like, oh, this is an amazing movie. You know, and I think that's like a really good pace. And then it's not like we've got to pack six movies into a year. Maybe you only do three and you do like four or five shows or something right. like that. You know, like well, in, just, even looking at how Hawkeye ends, you know, you have Kate coming to Clint's for Christmas and everything. The dog did go to the farm. And the dog did go to the farm. Um, <laughs> I don't know that they adopted him, but the dog did go to the farm. But uh, I think they actually did. Uh, but I could be wrong. But uh, you, but you have, the way you have it end is you have her kind of trying to come up with horrible names for herself. And Clint just, like, Clint just like, oh my God, I've got to deal <laughs> with this. But it, it ends there. There could, if they wanted to do a season two, they, they could. If they didn't want to do a season two, they it's fine. You know, it's yeah. there. Like I heard speculation, or at least the the what people would think about a season two would be, you have Laura and uh, Clint kind of lead or guide the young Avengers because we've got Kate. Uh, depending on what we get f- uh, um, with Wiccan, and uh, I can't remember what his brother's name is. Um, but if you get them to kind of come back in Multiverse of Madness, uh, if you get uh, Isaiah's grandson, who kind of becomes Young Patriot, I think is the name of the character. Uh, you know, if you start the Young Avengers, Big Cassie Lang. Yeah, you if you you could and that see that one, I think it would be best as an MCU show oh, rather yeah. than a movie because you're going to have multiple young characters learning together, and that you, we need to invest time into exactly. And then even so, even if you don't even get a Hawkeye season two, you could still take Clint and Laura and make them part of the young Avengers show and still have it feel like a consistent build off of, of young Avengers. Cause quite frankly, let's look at it this way. Even if the shows outside of Loki have, don't have multiple seasons, you can view them all as one season one, 
Loki or was it Falcon and Winter Soldier season two, Loki season three, what if yeah. season four, Hawkeye season, you know, five, so on and so forth. Like you don't just because they all have different titles can't doesn't mean you can't treat them like it's actually one big giant show. And yeah. we're getting these multiple episodes and multiple seasons that way. And each one is building and improving off off the other. Uh, right now, I think what what did what did we say? One for five or, or five, four for five or something four, like four, that? Four for four to one. That's four to one, basketball. like four successes, yeah. one four failure one. in yeah. our opinions. Uh, so to wrap everything up, because we're, we're going a little bit long here, and actually I've been more participatory but than I thought than you I would thought be. you would be? Two things. Yes, two things before we wrap it up. Well, one thing that I saw mentioned that I looked up a little bit, but not like a, a ton, was um, Laura in the speculation. She's Mockingbird, oh, yes, I yes. guess, because of the watch says Agent 19. 19. And I think 19 is yes, Mockies. Well, but I'm like, but her name is Laura. But I don't I don't know. But we're we're... Conning something, there, yeah. yeah, like something there is gonna be, you know. Obviously, she was a Shield agent, Agent Nineteen. Does was she like the original Mockingbird? Yeah. You know, I don't know, but there's definitely something there in that. I liked the people who also pointed out that Tony said it first, and he said just an agent of some kind, an Age of Ultron. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> and yes. uh, and and that's that's the other thing too, because like. You know, we, we might have complaints when we get to Age of Ultron and, and our review of that of giving him the family and not having any real kind of build up or idea of who they are. The show was able to do it. It was able yeah. to expand on his family and the importance and, and give her more to do rather than just be the housewife, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So the second thing is just a random that I saw in lots of comments across um, the ones I watched on YouTube was uh, New Yorkers actually pointing out that that owl... I was like a reference to I guess last year when they brought the tree in there was still an oh, owl in it I think I remember that yeah so they they named it Rocky and of course <laughs> had to like save it and I guess nurse it back to health if it was injured or just sick or scared out of its mind <laughs> from wherever the tree came from and released it back but everybody was like it's a reference to Rocky the owl so you know I just thought that was cute <laughs> that is that is cute um so all right so Score-wise for me on this episode, uh, and then I'll give an overall um, seasonal score or uh, series score, uh, 4 out of 5, or, or 4.5 out of 5, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked Kingpin being back full force. Uh, not really much to complain about. I would like more of a definitive answer, uh, whether it came from Feige or someone else that Kingpin is or isn't dead, but I'm also willing to wait and see yeah i feel like we'll get that in the show um so you know i i i just again i don't want to give it a perfect score especially when i know of of something i will be given a perfect score when we do a video on it at some point um i don't want to give out perfect scores too too much but i will say overall series wise pretty much four four point five you know i i really enjoyed it i think it is everything that uh falcon and winter soldier did wrong you know, when it comes to telling its story, uh, respecting the characters, uh, and and showing us a bright future for the MCU and where things can go. So I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, it just really highlights what Falcon and Winter Sol Soldier did terribly. Um, I think I'll go ahead and do 4.5. I'll match you. It's the last one to do 4.0, 4.5. Um, for the season, I'm going to go ahead and give it 5.0. It was okay. just perfect. Like, this, this was... Great. I'm I'm sitting here in my head trying to think about the other 
the other four and like how I would rank them. And I, you're coming off of this one, so you feel like that one's the best. But if you go back and watch Loki, you know, that one might be the best. Go back and watch WandaVision. I don't know. So for I, I can tell you because they're all pretty much kind of tied in my my opinion outside of Falcon Winter Soldier. So I for ranking for me it's kind of almost in order of release like WandaVision and then uh, then Loki. Um, okay, I'll put Hawkeye in front of What If, and not because What If did anything terrible, but um, again like What If had some issues, had some episodes that weren't stellar, uh, and some stuff that I I felt wasn't really needed um outside of like the big big stuff that comes out of what if uh but all last place is always going to be falcon and winter soldier, falcon winter the, soldier. it I know. is the biggest disappointment out of this this release slate yeah, i could probably agree with last is falcon and winter soldier and then what if and so then it's kind of like between the other three almost a three-way tie yeah of, yeah basically you're trying to trying to figure out which one you liked best i'd i, I would almost say Hawkeye first okay. because it feels it's not what I thought you were going to go with be, well it just feels like it's simple it's quick it's a casual I could sit on a Saturday and just binge all six episodes while I'm crocheting mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm I can pay attention but I'm not pulled away like like if I'm sitting there like crocheting or whatever and I'm not like pulled away from what I'm doing or you know or anything like that I feel like Loki to me is almost more in line with the movies yeah. because because of what it sets up. Right. So I almost feel like Loki that first season needs to like be a movie like a, like some somewhere in between I don't know like it definitely has to happen before um Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. But it has to like in that it has to be like up there and then WandaVision I don't know. It it was really good too but I, I I don't know. It, it's not one that I feel like I could just sit because you you do kind of get a little bit tired with the yeah. first few episodes. Being the sitcom really, focused. Yeah, and you don't feel like it picks up really until closer to the end. So, I mean, it maybe WandaVision will be third and it would be between Hawkeye and Loki, but I feel like Loki really, really pulls you in, at least for me. Yeah. So I would just be sitting doing nothing but like staring at the... See, I, I would have thought you would have picked Loki first just because of Tom Hiddleston. But no, not just because of that. No. <laughs> but I do feel like it sets up so much for the whole phase right. four that it that it almost has to be bumped up to the movie level. And again, not that one's better than the other, like movie levels and show levels. But if you're talking like separating them into like, well, I feel like it has it to be lo- there because I've, I feel like if you don't watch it, you don't get the setup for the entire phase four. Let, let's just say whoever, uh, whoever's responsible, I guess, for, for, for breaking the, the world or the universe will be the one who wins the most. Cause I still love the meme of it's, it's Wanda pointing yeah, at Loki, pointing at Spider-Man, pointing at Dr. Strange, pointing at Wanda going, you all did it. Like who's responsible for, for the craziness of the multiverse. So, uh, yeah, no, I can understand where where it, it gets kind of complicated, and I agree. Yeah. Like with with the criticisms of WandaVision, I do agree. Like I have tried to kind of go back and start from episode one, and it's like, yeah, I want to get to kind of like episode four or five where the things yeah. like really kind of pick up and you, it's where things get yeah more picks, interesting. Picks right up, yeah. Because like the yeah. sitcom perspective of it's intriguing, but it does wear out its welcome very fast. So yeah. I I can, I can see that, but again, I think 
ultimately until we get to Doctor Strange and we see how Doctor Strange plays out, I'm going to just have to reserve how things again like because as you said you kind of want to be in that planning room to know where things go but also i don't want to know because i don't i want to be surprised right like so well that's kind of where we're at with it but yeah it's very very hard when it comes to to ranking them uh accurately because they're all outside of falcon and winter soldier and again not not at the fault of the actors in falcon and winter soldier the problem is purely in the writing um so the the rest yeah, of the show has been very I feel well. Like, yeah, I feel like we've harped on Falcon and Winter Soldier a lot, a lot. So I will say that talking with my normie friends or friends who were just like mildly invested into the MCU, like on a scales of yeah. like from passionate to like, but the people who are just like, I watch the shows and I watch the movies. I have talked to some of them and a lot of them like... I'm trying to say, like, I without prompting, right? You know, without like they don't really listen to our podcast or anything like that. Well, without prompting, <laughs> without prompting, they all kind of had the same complaint of like the initial story of what's her name, um, uh, Agent Thirteen, or no, um, um, the the main the people. Oh, the flag smashers. Story. Yeah, the flag smashers. That's it. Their initial story did not make sense to them. Of the people who were, they they thought again, like we had said, it should be flipped. Right. They that initial part was like made zero sense to everybody that I've talked to. So because well, especially when we've seen characters who were blipped and right. are back and living normal lives. Right. So it's that that has been the main point of like I was really confused by that. I didn't understand, but their focus is like. But I really liked watching. Um, you know, Mackie and and uh, Sebastian Stan, you know, and I'm like, I really liked all of this stuff. That other stuff made no sense to me. Yeah. And that's basically like everybody that I've talked to from normies to, you know, of course, the more passionate people we get into more debates. But that's the same complaint across yeah. the spectrum of people is that story point made zero sense. So it's all in the writing. It's not like, oh, are you just hating the like it's in the writing and lots of people noticed it right. wasn't like Well, cuz like they did the buddy cop like uh, aspect between Sebastian and, and uh, Anthony really well. Mm-hmm. And they even did um, a very good job with Wyatt's character kind of trying to live up to the idolized version of Steve. But like it's everything else. and Zemo. Zemo was done really well. But it's the central plot line of the Flag Smashers and their impact and, and being manipulated and also yeah. kind of some of the overtly political nature of, of the show itself, which it didn't need to go. Um, it felt like it hammered on too many things. And especially at the time it aired and stuff that was going on at that time probably highlighted that, yeah. that of the show. Um, so I think that, that like it's probably one where I could watch it maybe this year or next year and not feel a lot of that tension because we're a little bit removed from it. But I still think that that central storyline with the flag smashers is still going to great with me uh, because it's just, it, again, it doesn't make sense and it ultimately pans out to nothing. It it really has nothing. There's no real resolution. Like it's, it's just an excuse to get, um, to get, to get Sam into the cap suit. Basically. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really all it is. Everybody I talked to, that's pretty much all they cared about was yeah. Sam and Bucky. 
and and Zemo, and that was pretty much like all of those pieces of the show, and pretty much everything else was just like chaff. Yeah, because like <laughs> you know, they Sharon Carter's character gets yeah screwed. just screwed over. Um, and again, like it was one where it's like. Okay, Captain America 4 got announced after the fact. But if Captain America 4 had been announced before, I could probably forgive some things and go, okay, they're going to address this in Captain America 4. Um, or even if they had said, hey, we got a season two, you know, so we're going to oh. do a season two. And it'd be like, yeah, okay, I can then maybe some of these plot points can get resolved in season two. But obviously that's not happening. So, uh, but, you know, as we go over long <laughs> talking, because it is, it's the one show. You can go back and listen to all the other MCU reviews, except for WandaVision, because we hadn't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier yet. The one show that kind of sticks as a thorn in our sides is Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I think we both wanted it to succeed. Be good, yeah. And we both were excited to see Sam become the new Cap, but it's just everything else about the story that really falls apart for it, so... Uh, thank you all for, for uh, sticking around with us if you've stuck around this Listening. long in the video. Uh, we really appreciate it. We uh, appreciate you guys understanding our, our little break uh, there for a little bit. So hopefully we're coming back this year stronger. We got plans to innovate, plans to improve, uh, plans to live stream more regularly outside of even game streams. So uh, stick around for that. Uh, I think... Uh, think you'll be excited to see what's coming forward because we'll have we'll still do recorded videos but we'll have some more interactive content coming in the future and we'll be really excited to hear from you guys so uh as always the links and stuff will be to where our social media stuff and and to where you can listen to us on audio only uh will all be in the descriptions below and uh we'll talk to you guys uh next time